Get ready for Solomon's. Hey, giving the glory to God. Yeah, you're hanging with Jason and Sean. Get ready for Solomon's. Oh, keeping it real, keeping it relevant. Hey, come hang with the squad. Hey, let's talk about it, talk about it. CHA should a movie scene. Got a lot of questions, throw them in the air. From the east to the west and everywhere in between. Uh, let's get it, let's get it, we going in. You ain't heard about Solomon's, where you been? Sit back and relax with a cup of joe. Here we go, uh, let the show begin. Yeah, yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Solomon's Porch with your host, Jason. Hello? Dude. Have we started? Have you started it? Yes, sir. I don't know. Yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> Welcome back to the porch, everybody. Thank y'all so much for tuning in, whether it be via live on Facebook. How do I know that you really started it? Uh, well, my computer screen says live. And well, count see, up to I can't 28 see seconds, your, 29. Huh? I can't see your screen, so how do I know? You're not just making it up. You just got to have faith in my word. Faith in your word, as opposed to... Your beliefs. Oh. Yeah. You like that, don't you? All right. Well, everybody, welcome to the porch. Um, For everybody tuning in live, whether it's on podcast later or YouTube later, either way, we welcome you to the show. Uh, We got some stuff we want to talk about today. We're going to talk about the continuation of Bubba Fett uh, here in the news segment. Later on, we're going to be sharing in our round five segment, five things that we've learned or five things that our opinions have changed on after reading the Bible. And then later on, we're going to be discussing the meaning of life. So uh, if you're on YouTube, you're going to have to look at those videos whenever they come on to YouTube. Um, otherwise, you'll get to see it live or on the podcast right here. So um, shout out to True Strength Apparel, sponsor for the show. Head over to truestrengthapparel.com and see what uh, Aaron has over there on his website. Always some really cool stuff, uh, including this hat that I'm wearing. It's actually my favorite thing that he has in regards to this logo. So I appreciate it. I like it. I know, Sean, you like the barbell collection, right? I do like the barbell collection, yeah. Any particular reason? Uh, I don't know. It just, uh, the style just appealed to me. Cool deal. Cool deal. Um, Also, Josh D., uh, he has dropped a song called Get Up featuring Isaac Ma- uh, Mather. I want to say Mather, like like Marshall Mathers. I don't know. Marshall or Isaac Mather, Matthew Tuck, and Danny J. So my bad if I said your name wrong, Isaac. I apologize. Um, so Get Up, as the name of the song suggests, Get Up was written to motivate people to get up. Uh, many people would agree that the last two years haven't been what they thought it would be. And as a result... Uh, of what has happened, we have seen enormous amounts of fear, anxiety, and depression, which is very, very true. During the writing of the song, Josh D was experiencing a time of spiritual darkness and poured that emotion into the song. It's time to get up, throw away the fear, and start living for what matters, and that's Jesus. With verses from Matthew Tuck and Danny J, this song is inspiring and full of hope. So we're going to be playing that in our first break on the podcast. So uh, whenever you hear that, you'll know that's what this is about. So yeah, man, let's move on to kind of the, the news or more appropriately i guess i'd say our views on episode or chapter two of bubba fett well so uh if you haven't checked out our um initial review for the book of boba fett uh you can check that out on youtube uh we only released it on youtube isn't that right correct i I was gonna put it on podcast but i hadn't done it yet okay but it's not on facebook either 
Uh, the, well, the YouTube video is on Facebook. So. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so <laughs> I, you know, I don't do the social media stuff, so, <clears throat> uh, but check it out. Take a look. Um, you know, uh, let us know what you think. Um, where we off, we had a really awesome guest join us, uh, Hector from faith and fandom and, uh, always great to have him on the show. So absolutely. Um, you know, I think we finally kind of get into, a little more meat and taters with this uh, second chapter. Uh, I was pretty excited about it. Uh, we get um, Black Christan. I don't know how to say his name, to be honest with you. I've always read it, but I don't <laughs> rightly know. Anyway, the Black Wookiee okay. that, yeah, uh, that yeah. came along with the Huts. Um, didn't see his his scar over his left eye, which is very prominent in any other illustrations that you've ever seen of him. So I don't know if we're going to get that background from this. Does Boba Fett give him the scar? So um, some pretty cool stuff, I think, uh, that's very shortly going to come down that line. So. Well, in regards to the books, though, are they taking place after this period in the uh, Star Wars canon? Uh, you know, actually, I'm not real sure, to be honest okay. with you. Okay. It's been a while since I've read the comics. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, anything else that jumped out? I know the critics are giving it a hard time. Yeah. They're saying that the whole Tusken Raider thing is is pointless. They're, people are like, come on, let's move on with the regular story. And I got to be honest, I think a lot of TV shows do this. Like, a lot of them have done it, whether it's... Um, I'm trying to think there was a there's been a bunch of shows that's done i can't think of anything in particular right now but a lot of them do it. they they jump back in time like arrow did it like crazy oh yeah um and it just got tiring after a while then when you got to the point where it was like the historical timeline moved up to the beginning of the current timeline it was like oh fine the oh crap they're going back there again right. thought it was over and so the book above was doing that and so you get a lot of flashback and i think and i want to say in episode two there was much more Tuscan Raider flashback than episode one. Yeah, I don't know. I either way, it definitely feels like an awful lot. And I think that, you know, it's important to give us the extra background, but it, it's really almost too much. We don't need all the minutiae of his day to day life there as much as let, let's, you know, let's get the high points here and let's move along, move along. Well, and especially with it's six episodes of, and they're not doing a, Season two. Right. So one season, six episodes. They spent the whole second episode on Tuscan Raiders. So unless they're doing a Tuscan Raider Disney Plus show that they hadn't mentioned, I don't understand quite the point. Or unless they're going to have some sort of humongous reveal that's going to pay off later. But either way, I think uh, episode two wasn't quite as exciting as episode one. I mean, I'm so interested in watching it. I, I, I think that even still the the big takeaway is still the expanded universe that's being brought in so it still sets up and allows for extra stuff to happen so even even though we can criticize it and it definitely has some serious downfalls um there's still so much to uh take from it that's still positive so uh not worthless don't toss the baby out with the bathwater scenario yeah um but uh yeah definitely definitely could be improved upon so um, given that we already know it's limited to this one season. So. Yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, that's episode two of Boba Fett. So uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up as usual. We we actually have some looks of uh, well, go down the list and I'm gonna look up something real quick. You're doing okay? That. Yeah, sure. So um, you know, here's the problem with this time of year is that it's slow news wise. Um, it, you know, none of the movies are releasing. Everything else is you know wrapped up in December. Um, and so we we just don't we don't have a whole lot right now. Uh, the other thing that we don't have a whole lot of are exact release dates for especially like the D plus stuff. We know things that are supposed to be coming out this year, maybe late this year, maybe early this year, but it's all maybes and we don't know any specifics. So uh, I thought I'd just give a quick rundown of the stuff that we do know. Uh, we do have coming up in March, so it's still a little ways off. But March 4th, uh, The Batman. Very stoked about that. April 1st, Morbius. I'm a little more excited about it than I, I had been being. Uh, May 6th, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. <sighs> okay. okay can, we, can, we, can we get past Doctor Strange yet? Is it not time to move? Anyway, sorry. Yeah, you you. Know He's I'm taking over Iron Man spot. You know, I'm not a big fan. He's so. going to be the leader of the MCU. Um, so, I, you know, for Benedict uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's, um, you know, benefit, sure, that's great. But um, yeah. Anyway, um, Thor: Love and Thunder, July 8th. Black Adam, July 29th. Um, still not real sure how I feel about Black Adam, so we'll see. Um, hopefully that pans out. Um, I didn't know that there's supposed to be another animated Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse part one, part one that's supposed to be releasing in October, so October 7th. Yeah, yeah. So that, that'll be interesting to see where, where they're going to go with that. I did like... Um, the the first movie, and so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, one that I am kind of excited to see is November fourth, The Flash. This is the Ezra film. So um, Michael Keaton as a key character, it seems like. So that's going to be pretty cool. I'm I'm pretty stoked about that. Um, and then November eleventh, Wakanda Forever. Um. You know, there's been. We a, still don't have any real good information on that. Yeah, I know. Apparently, Letitia Wright, Letitia Wright, and Ryan Coogler had a disagreement about something. Yeah, and so I don't know if that's going to postpone anything or, or what. But uh, yeah, I'd be curious to see. Yeah, how the film ends up turning out, and and it's not due until November 11th, so a lot of stuff can happen. A lot can happen. So I mean, I'm sure the most of the principal photography is already done, and so it's mostly editing at this point. So, but um, hey, look what happened to the Justice League, right? Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> so, uh, and then in December we get Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom. Um, uh, you know, I'm hoping, just hoping, that that it's it's decent. Um, so we'll see how it goes, but yeah, you know, there's still so much stuff that we know that's coming out that we just don't have dates for. And I'm really pretty disappointed about that. By this point in time, I expect to know when Obi-Wan is supposed to be coming out, when Andor is supposed to be coming out, you know? Well, Obi-Wan supposed to be coming out soon though, right? That's supposed to be coming out before Mando 2. But that's what I'm Mando saying. Season, or 3, season 3. Soon. Yeah, yeah. 
soon is all they give us. So it's like, you know, how, how are we supposed to let you guys know when stuff comes along? We don't know when it's supposed to come along. I guess we'll just all be pleasantly surprised when Disney decides to inform us. Soon I'll be falling out of my seat waiting for them to bring us the news. But I do know that, um, so Love and Thunder 1, Thor, this is the biggest he's ever been, Chris Hemsworth. He bulked up way beyond bulked what he up. did for the other ones. Okay. And, uh, and there's, you know, there's a, there's one image with him and uh, a Taika Waititi, and it shows Chris Hemsworth, like, looking like he's completely, just completely obliteratedly um, shredded. Uh, we did get some footage uh, or a picture from uh, Tessa Thompson. I got to be honest. I'm not excited about her being the king of Asgard. I'm like, come on. Like, Really? Just call her the queen of Asgard, man. It's Disney. I know. There's nothing else to be expected. Uh, but I am excited about the movie, though. I think it's going to be interesting. I've seen some... Uh, I don't know whether it was the like the toy collection that was coming out of uh, Christian Bale as Gore the, Gar- Gore the God Butcher. But seeing what he's going to be coming to the table doing is going to be interesting. I know Christian Bale never wanted to come to Marvel, from what I understood, but he agreed to do it. So I don't know how that's going to work out, but I think it's going to be interesting, though. It's going to be, uh, especially being that, you know, we know him. Most people know him as Batman, as the Batman, or Batman, not the Batman. He, he, he's the one that said he's Batman. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was horrible. Well, way, Robert Patterson's going to be uh, Vengeance. So yeah. That's, well, that's okay. He can be Vengeance. Uh, and then I would say another one of these I'd be interested to see is if uh, across the Spider Verse they're going to bring in any live action. I know at one point they had actually discussed during the first film whether or not they wanted to bring in live action Toby or Andrew Garfield. Uh, there is a lot of people still pushing for Sam Raimi to do Spider Man Four. And for them to do The Amazing Spider-Man 3. Uh, A lot of theories out there about The Amazing Spider-Man 3 having the Tom Hardy Venom in it. Even though in the post credit scene, spoilers for Venom, let there be carnage. uh, They had showed uh, the Tom Holland Spider-Man on screen, on a TV screen. That Venom saw and was like, oh, yummy or something like that. I can't remember exactly what he said. Something like that. But a lot of people are uh, saying that it'd be a better fit for him to go into the Andrew Garfield Spider-Verse. So I'd be interested to see either way if they decide to progress. I don't know if Tobey Maguire is going to do another Spider-Man movie. He didn't really seem that interested in the actual performance on No Way Home. He seemed like he was there because they begged him and begged him and begged him. But yeah, I, I, you know, I, I don't know the background there. I, I, I don't know, you know, how Toby was with it, how he truly felt. I guess I can give him a call a little bit later on and find out. But, yeah. you, you know, it's it, it was definitely a lackluster performance. But at the same time, you know. Well, I know uh, apparently William Defoe had agreed to do the film based on them developing the story heavily around his character. Um, it's what I read, read online. Obviously everything online is true. So it's gotta be true. But seeing that them claiming that William Defoe didn't really want to do it, but then they were like, Hey, we got to, you know, this story is based around his character. I don't know if they threatened to recast him or what, not that he really cares about that. It wouldn't affect him, but, uh, I'm glad he did it. I thought he did a great job. Um, but anyway, there was something else I was going to say and I don't forget what I was going to say, but yeah, 
So, uh, everything we have on the table for this, the the the, the news, uh, except for uh, we've mentioned it before, um, Bible with Bordeaux has released a study guide on the book of um, the Gospel of Matthew. Sorry, it is available on Amazon, and um, it. Blah, blah, I thought I had it pulled up as a tab, but I did not. I did have a link put Yeah, in. you do have a link in there. Yeah, so uh, Gospel of Matthew Study Guide uh, for Beginner to Intermediate. And uh, it's available for $14.99. And please know that this is not to make uh, <laughs> Mr. Bordo rich, because uh, one, it won't. But uh, two, it does pr- proceeds do go back into the show. So yeah. uh, you are essentially helping the show. Um, even though you're actually still getting the study guide too. So yes. it's kind of a win-win situation. So, And just to be clear, the study guide is, it reads like a commentary. I just didn't want to call it a commentary. So Sure. Yeah, uh, so it's not like a, you know, <clears throat> bullet points and then questions at the end. It's, it's a, it's a thorough 91, 92 page write out of the gospel of Matthew. Um, so People kept telling me I should have called it a commentary, but I'm thinking, I don't know if people are going to trust a commentary from the guy who doesn't have like a doctorate degree or whatnot. But I do feel like I did a thorough study on it. So uh, right now, actually a good friend of mine, Marcus Tatum, is working on, he's doing the editing process for the gospel, or not the gospel, (laughs) James, letter of James. Mm -hmm. So so that one's going to be a little more better edited because uh, fine tooth comb, and rewording and stuff like that. And the Gospel of Matthew was so long. Like, I mean, you look through it and you pointed out some stuff for me. Um, so the first 10 chapters of the Gospel of Matthew study guide should be like perfection. But I'll tell you what, though, if you find any errors in it, uh, like like proofreading errors, stuff that should have been caught, let me know, send a picture, take it to me, and I will give you a very personalized thank you. Okay. But you gotta buy it. You gotta buy it, and then mark those out as you're reading it through it, in order for you to get that personalized thank you. You know what I'm saying? All right. So um, one last thing I wanted to talk about: something that came up this week, and this is it, it probably could be a whole topic, right? Okay. But so there was conversation about Chris Tucker not doing next Friday. A lot of people had, or somebody had asked him. I don't know exactly who did it, but they were asking him like, why didn't he do next Friday? And he was saying he didn't want to. Uh, his faith prevented him from doing it because he didn't want to glorify smoking weed and getting high. Mm-hmm. And uh, he didn't want to cuss that much on screen. And, you know, he I think he understood the concept of Friday and then what next Friday was going to be. One of my issues is that everybody's been like, like, yeah, 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 he stood up for his faith, stood up for his faith. I'm like, but he did go along and do Rush Hour 2. He did a Rush Hour 3. And his stand-up on Netflix... All of that was very sexually explicit. Now, Rush Hour 2 and 3, obviously, you got some ratings there. But him standing there in the sauna with all the Chinese women and him like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this to you and you and you. And then he's you know got all these scenes where he's like very sexually driven. And then in his stand-up comedy on Netflix, he was very sexually uh, explicit in that a lot. And I'm thinking he pretty much traded out weed for sex. So, <clears throat> well, and, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's somewhat culturally um, a, a different scenario. I, I, I don't really know. Uh, so Friday was in 1995 and pretty much uh, was like the 
part of the beginning of his career along with dead presidents um like money talks as well was around that time um yeah money talks was 97 so it, it came in after that okay, okay. Uh, but yeah rush hour in 98 uh two in 2001 three in 2007 so yeah you know fifth element in 97 um, not a totally objectionable character, but still a little out there, I guess. So right. That if you were going to say, hey, you know, my faith prevents me from doing this um, kind of uh, logic, then some of these other um, characters were questionable as well. Yeah. And I mean, I'll say this. I respect that he didn't do it. Like to me, it, it was a good call. You know, he didn't want to glorify weed. Obviously, that failed because everybody smokes weed for the most part now. Um, and if he did it as a result of his faith, I think that's great as well. Uh, I just I just wasn't sure. One, I thought everybody knew that he refused to do it because he didn't want to do weed and, and, and that kind of stuff at that time. Like, I heard about that whenever Next Friday came out. Mm-hmm. I heard at that time that Chris Tucker didn't want to smoke weed and, and cuss a lot on screen. So it's not really new information. I guess I just guess he did an interview and he said it in the interview, and then now boom, it just came out again. And uh, so I thought that was kind of common knowledge in a way for anybody who followed. Well, and stuff. was it initially because of his faith, or was it just initially uh, because he just didn't want to glorify those two things? That I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, yeah. Now it's because of his faith. I don't know what it was back then. Yeah. I just thought, oh well, you know, that's probably a lie. Someone's probably making that up. I don't know. And and so that you know that could be, and and we all you know grow in our faith, and we all you know start off somewhere where our understanding and and you know our fruit looks one way versus another as time right. goes on. So yeah. So anyway, uh, although I mean, Chris Tucker hasn't really done anything lately either, so I, I don't know the last time he did something. I mean, like I said, he did the Netflix stand up special. Uh, he did the Michael Jackson music video. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but he hasn't really been doing movie movies in a long time. So, yeah. uh, but I mean, Hey, look, kudos to him for deciding not to glorify weed, not to glorify cussing. Uh, though the cussing didn't hold out and he transferred, he, he, he just substituted weed for sex. So I don't know. That's what I did. I don't like to, I'm not being judgmental. I just, I want people to understand, like, you don't just need to, to replace one thing with another and think it's a better move. That's, that's kind of my whole thing. So anyway, moving along to music news, I, I actually got roasted this week on Twitter because I said something about that and people were like, Oh, yada, yada, yada. Even one guy, I'm not even going to say it cause I'm a vent and let's move on to music news. All right. Music news. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I can't even, uh, all right, Disciple. Hey, look, some Disciple news. I'm actually really pretty stoked about this. Uh, a little bit torn because it, it's, man, it's a lot. Uh, Disciple is re-releasing Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, Scars Remain, and their self-titled album on vinyl, heavyweight vinyl. So probably 150, 180 gram. So, uh, man, just super excited about that. Um, self-titled and Scars Remain are two of my favorites. Um, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, not as much of a fave, but, you know, hey, whatever. Uh, they're $24.99 a piece, or you can buy all three together for $69.99. And that's the thing. It's like, dude, I kind of want all three, 
saying that's just kind of harsh. If they'd released one and then maybe, you know, two or three months later released another one so that way I could save up, yeah, <laughs> then yeah. that'd be all right. It is it is a pre-order right now, but it's going to be a limited run. And I think the drop is sometime in April. So, but even the vinyl looks pretty cool. The horseshoe, horseshoes and hand grenades is, uh, they're calling it, um, shrapnel brown is the album, hmm. uh, color. And for scars remain, it is red rose and for self-titled, it is champagne. So, but I mean, uh, if you're a fan of Disciple, I don't know. I don't know how you couldn't get this. So, but anyway, I'm, I'm, uh, man, I might have to bust out a credit card for that. Anyway, moving <laughs> along, Wage War dropped a, uh, an acoustic version. They call it stripped version of the song Circle the Drain off of their um, most recent project. And uh, we'll be playing that at the end of the podcast. So if you uh, are listening to the podcast, stick around for the end and you can check that out. Uh, it's 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 a really decent song. I'm not a huge Wage War fan. Uh, the song's, again, it's pretty decent. It's not my favorite, but uh, it, it's it's cool. So, Yeah, man. Um, Mitch Durrell, good friend of the show. Mitch. Been on several times. He's got a new mixtape dropping. Um, he's got 27 total artists on it. Nine different producers. Yeah. So he went feature heavy on this. So he's got Alcott, Dylan Chase, uh, DJ LC, Dre Murray, Drew Becks, International Show, Just Call Med T or Call Me DT. I'm not sure which one it is. K-Drama, KJ52, my good bro Chris Noel, Microphone, Mitch Darrell, Monster Tarver, Outer City, uh, Prodi to Prodigal, Q-Flow, q Robbie, Red Tip, Scribe Music, Sean Wyckoff, Sail Out of Corner, The Cruise Hip Hop Corner, which is a podcast, Untitled, Weez the Satellite Kid, and Zay Hill. All of those folks on this project. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing it. Mitch always, uh, he likes having fun with rap. That's what Mitch is a fan of. He's got a song on it that's actually called Klondike Bar, and this is talking about Klondike Bars. Awesome. So, I mean, you know, it's going to be good and fun. Uh, I actually did get a sneak peek of it. So, is that the track that KJ is a part of? Because, no, no. Oh, okay. No, he's, he's, he's got, I think every single song has features on it for sure. Yeah. So, but, um, but I mean, from what I heard, I don't know if I heard all of it. I think I heard some of it. I think he said he has some songs that he hadn't had, that he didn't have included in that link yet. But, uh, it's coming soon. We don't have a release date yet, but it is coming soon. Uh, also, Josh so D. He's doing a Disney Plus thing. Yes, yes. Disney Plus. That's right. He's probably going to drop Mitch. it when. Yeah, he's going to drop it when when Obi Wan drops. Well, yeah. Thanks, Mitch. Appreciate it. So, uh, so Josh D. And he's also a Star Wars fan. Too. He is. Yeah. He is very much Star Wars fan. So, uh, so we got Josh D. Release Get Up as we talked about at the beginning of the show. We're going to be playing his song here in just a second in the break, and then PJ Productions Let It Rock. Make sure you check that out. And uh, that's all I have for the music news. And here it is, folks. I'm not going to be given. I, I never really have been one to give like the really big music news stuff because most people know when Lecrae drops or Andy drops or The Truth job drops. People know when they drop music. So many sites cover that kind of stuff. So you're not going to get the biggest news from me. Um, those who support the show, they're going to get recognized because I'm going to support them. And, um, and so these are the folks I mentioned that do that. Uh, yeah, so we'll be right back 
With our round five, make sure you stay tuned. There's a million reasons to get back up again. You say you can't win, but look what he's doing. You got God smiling down on you. So take that with you to the end and get up again. Return to the misfits, return to the rejects Cause most I know they give me nothing now So give me respect Detect that pain inside your voice Redirect that pain cause it's just noise Distracting you from higher purpose Being worthless is a choice yeah. Lately, lately, I know you've been feeling greatly You're alone, but if I know God and you know God Then who else do we need to know? And if I got you and you got me and we got them And they got weed and tell us what else can we need? We're at the table, big bread and eat There's a million reasons to give in the struggle But there's also a million reasons God used it to keep you humble so when you come up from the rubble or your mortal castle crumbles, just know you don't have to fall. I know sometimes you might stumble, but that don't change the fact that truly we're all human. They lie to you if they tell you they know what they're doing. I know the storm is brewing, but that's pain that God is using to make you a better purpose in this better life you're choosing. There's a million reasons to get back up again. You say you can't win. But look what he's doing You got God Smiling down on you So take that with you to The end and get up again If you're still breathing And there's breath inside your lungs Know that God he is not done Know that God he is not done with you Cause there's still a million things to do Know the struggle I'm a human too You may think that your life is falling apart all around you But in reality you can't change things that you can't control The devil makes you think that your life is done and there's no hope But it's all a lie to see if you're gonna fall The truth of the matter is that we're not in control of anything But you can seek the one who is who loves you for you the one who calls you his kid no matter how many times that you stray away he's right here with open arms come home to stay there's a million reasons to get back up again you say you can't win but look what he's doing you got God smiling Welcome back to Solomon's Porch Podcast with your host, Jason. And Sean. And we are back with another round five. So this week's round five is going to be just a little bit different. Uh, This is a list of five things that I came up with. And these are items or ideas or theological views, I guess, that have changed my mind based on reading the Bible. Now... This is not a Bible study, so I don't have all the scriptures ready to share to show you why I don't, why I've changed my mind on these things. Um, but I'm going to share them with you. If you disagree, hey, do it in the comments, do it in a friendly way, and share scripture because maybe you'll change my mind back. But uh, Sean, you're just going to kind of contribute to the conversation on this list. Yeah, I'll have an honorable mention at the end, but I'll save it for the last. All right. So, um, so. 
the the first thing I got is that God does not call everyone to be married. And I say this because I think whenever we were looking through Genesis and we see, you know, God said to Adam or God said it was not good for Adam to be alone. Uh, I think that is true. But I will say that I don't think it's called for everybody, because if you read later in Scripture, especially the New Testament, when you got Paul, it says or he says, you know, I would prefer you not get married. It'd be easier to do ministry if you were single. So and I think that is a really good reason why we shouldn't say that everybody should be married. Now, a side note, a lot of people say you shouldn't be married because Paul was never married. Well, I read from Tony Evans. He had a, a, a good, and I've actually heard one other person say it since I read it from Tony Evans. But a lot of people think that Paul was actually married before he he became a disciple for Jesus. Uh, happy Sunday, Mache. Shout out to you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. Um, so, yeah, so a, a lot of people, uh, well, not a lot of people, but I heard a couple people say that they think Paul was married because he was part of the, the leading council at that time. And that particular council he was a part of, you had to be married. So he left from that council, and then he was criticized by that council later. So whenever he says, you know, you should be like me, that you're not married, that could be mean that you're not married anymore, that he wasn't married anymore. Uh, which also kind of makes sense whenever you have the other scripture where he's talking about marriage and he's thinking about, well, if you're a Christian and your spouse is a non-believer, you should stay with them. That way you can influence them in order to come back to Christ or come to Christ. Uh, doesn't say you should go and find a project to marry in order to try to get someone to Christ ahead of time. But, you know, uh, so there's a lot of things that he shares about marriage and that that might be the reason. But, but then doesn't that sort of condone divorce? It doesn't condone, well, he does talk about, so there's a three-hour video from Mike Winger that talks about marriage, remarriage, and divorce. Uh, very interesting video, a uh, lot of in-depth, thorough teaching, and in conclusion is there are, there is a call for, there is a re accept, acceptable reasons to get divorced. Now, I don't tell people that particularly. I don't like saying, Hey, there are reasons you should get divorced because in my mindset, I look at marriage and I see that, you know, with God and Israel, all the times that Israel cheated on God in the marriage context of God and Israel bride, that kind of stuff. Uh, God never turned his back on them. He was always there whenever they called. He always forgave them over and over and over and over again. We're called to forgive 70 times seven uh, or 70 times 77, however you read the that particular thing. But I feel like the, as many times as I've cheated on Jesus with my, whether sin of some sort of sin nature, uh, he's always accepting me back. So um, Mache says, LOL, amen, definitely doesn't tell us to find a project to marry. That's true. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but I do think that... Um, I do think that it's just important to know that I don't think everybody is called to marriage. The Bible doesn't teach that everybody is called to marriage. Uh, it doesn't say man doesn't have a woman, so he has to have a woman. Every woman has to have a man in their life. So it's just not in Scripture. Well, I think the other thing, quick note there, is that it the way that ministry was viewed at the time is different than the, um, some a lot of ministry works today. 
Um, because if we take into account that uh, student ministry, uh, it's really valuable to actually have both a man and a woman, preferably somebody married. One, so that way young people who only have single-parent homes uh, have a good example of, of what they can, um, how a, a marriage is supposed to hopefully look. But then also an opposite gender isn't going to an opposite gender having difficult conversations um, about whatever's going on in life. So, and of course that's also valid uh, as adults as well, but definitely very much so in student ministry. Absolutely. Yeah. Number four, drinking alcohol is not a sin. There's actually, again, Michael, Mike Winger did a very good video uh, on thorough uh, alcohol in the Bible drinking and whatnot. And, um, and there's a lot of areas in scripture where it talks about drinking alcohol to make you joyful, to make you feel better, and to uh, to to get you healthy. And I say this because as a kid, you know, whenever I was going to, you know, I'd hear in certain church settings, like drinking alcohol is, is, is bad, it's a sin, um, you shouldn't do it. They talk about the new wine having non-fermented, so the wine that Jesus had uh, had no effects to it in regards to making changing any way that you feel essentially grape juice essentially grape juice and i actually learned from a uh from chuck missler in reading studying john the story where he turned the water into wine that actually the wine actually would have had some ferment in it uh based on the timing of the agricultural and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. in that they couldn't store it and and so it would have fermented over that time anyway um so Drinking alcohol in itself is not a sin. The Bible does say not to get drunk. It says don't be a drunkard. It says be of sober mind. So you shouldn't drink to the level where you can't think clearly. You can't make rash decisions, things like that. But drinking alcoholic beverage every now and then is not a bad thing. Unless... It's not a sin. It's not a sin. Now, use wisdom. If you struggle with alcoholism, if you don't know how, if you can't draw a line somewhere, stay away from it. Uh, Paul talks a lot about not doing things that you, and, and there's another thing. I'm not telling you to drink alcohol if you think it's bad. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is drinking alcohol in itself is not a sin. If, if you feel like God's telling you to stay away from it, stay away from it. Paul does say to follow your conscience in those matters. So um, I might get a lot of pushback on that from certain people, but oh, well, I don't think those people will watch YouTube though. They probably watch like kitty cats playing around and stuff. Um, number three. God and Satan are not opposite but equal, okay? I think a lot of people have this concept that that Jesus and Satan are like on on equal playing fields and one's one team, one's the other, and they're fighting over us, right? Uh, that's not the case. And in Scripture, uh, yeah, you, you blanked out, my friend. So if you join back in, I'll add you to it. Um, in Scripture, Satan is conquered by an angel, Angels don't have anywhere the power that God or Jesus has. So if an angel is able to take over and knock Satan down to the pits of hell and strike him down, things like that, then there's there's not an accurate idea in Scripture of Satan and God like fighting each other. That doesn't happen. Whenever Satan tried to usurp God in heaven, God immediately psh, struck him down. I mean, it wasn't like a, a battle for the crown or a battle for the throne. That, that didn't happen. Uh, Satan got struck down 
pretty clearly. And so anything to add to that? Um, Incredible Hulk versus Hawkeye. Incredible Hulk versus Hawkeye. Yeah, I, I, no contest, right? I mean, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you, you've got you've got God, <clears throat> Incredible Hulk, kind of scenario. Right, so right. Hawkeye, which is Satan. You know, it, you know, is is Satan putting up a fight? Maybe, yeah, sure, but there's really no contest. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I thought you were. <laughs> I thought you were changing topics. No, no, sorry. Just, try, <laughs> just trying to still keep it geeky. Yeah, absolutely. So number two, this is a big one. This is a very big one. Uh, you will have to to study Old Testament in order to understand this. The modern day church is not a replacement of Israel. You're gonna have to expand upon that. So the modern day church is not a replacement of Israel. So there's a lot of ideas in the church that are in, in today's church that anything the Bible says about Israel is also true for the church. Uh, and what that what happens is is you read Old Testament scripture about things that God's promising to Israel and you're taking those same promises and you're applying them to us today in the body of Christ. Now, that is called replacement theology, and that is not a biblical concept. There are spiritual things that were promised to Israel. The the spiritual realities that were given to Israel can be true for the church today, those who are found in Christ. And that's why it says those who were saved are the true Israel. Those who were uh, in Christ, uh, those are the true people of God, the true children of God. So... We can't, and this is done a lot, and I've heard a lot, and I've heard a lot of questions and Q&As and stuff about it. And again, I'm not bringing out 100 scriptures to be able to prove this point here on the show. Uh, if you disagree with me, tell you why you disagree with me in the comments, and I'll be glad to, we can have a healthy exchange on that. Or I can guide you to people who have studied it well more thoroughly than I have. But I am thoroughly convinced that the, the modern day church does not replace Israel of the Old Testament. There are promises given to them that are not true for the church. There are physical promises to them. There are inheritance promises to them. All sorts of things that just don't make even make any sense if you try to apply them to the modern day church. So we got to stop doing that. Um, another thing I'll say: there's a difference in Israel and the church. The Israel is a nation of people that were governed by God. The church is a body. The whole entire concept of it is different. The church is the body of Christ. So Israel wasn't the body of Christ, but the church is the body of Christ. So there is a different concept there. So uh, so we could go more on the difference between the church and Israel, but we're not going to. The very last one, the very last one, and I say this because there's multiple reasons why I say it. But in our American society, with you know passion of the christ or you know different movies that come out the son of god movie is that jesus did not look like me or sean or jim caviezel or the actor that plays but more closely related to jim caviezel yeah jim so jesus was of a darker skin tone he was from the middle east and in scripture it talks about him going down to Egypt, which is in Africa, right? Yeah, but I mean, it, it varies in 
in it does it does it does so but he he blended in with those in that area now but that that doesn't make him that i'm not saying he's black i'm just saying he's not white and and i'm not saying he's not black either but um most likely he he's just brown skinned with dark hair He's Middle Eastern is exactly what he was here on. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and 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 again, that still has varying degrees in it. So, I mean, you know, because again, yeah. that that area is so diverse. So. Exactly. Yeah, and I say that because one of the issues that we had one is I remember as a kid, you know, I had a, a period of my life where I would say I was definitely prejudiced. Uh, for multiple reasons, and I won't go into that here. I've already talked about that in previous episodes of the show. But I remember thinking there was an episode of Good Times that I watched. And they had a picture of Jesus up on the wall. I know my. That the mother had there, and she liked that Jesus. She was used to it. It was always there. Well, then her son brings in this painting of a black Jesus. And the mother got mad. She got upset. And I did, too. And I was trying to figure out, like, you know, I don't understand why, you know, Jesus, you know, he looked like this. He was a white guy. And as a kid, I got so upset because, like, I took, like, a personal, it felt personal to me where they were trying to say, he didn't look like you. He looked like me. Or he didn't look like you. He looked like somebody else. I felt like they were telling me that I was less than in a way. Where at the same time, in that anger, I was making the person of a different skin color less than without realizing it. Mm. So the one thing that we'd like to do is we like to make Jesus look like us. That's one thing that we do or any hero or whatever. We like to make them look like us, which is what Michael D'Angelo is it Michael D'Angelo guy that painted the last supper. I can't remember. Anyway, Michelangelo, Michelangelo, Michael, Michael D'Angelo is Michelangelo. Yeah. um, Either way, (laughs) (laughs) Michael (laughs) D'Angelo, <laughs> That's funny. So he he made this image of Jesus, which which inaccurate, and um, but just in general, though, one thing that we have to, and I think another thing is historically, um, you look at Jesus as being looking this way, and, and you might think, well, if I look like this image of Jesus, that makes me more important than somebody else. And so we want to have an and one honestly, I, I don't think the physical look of Jesus matters in a in a, a spiritual eternal mindset having a accurate description of him physically i think it's more it's better to be more correct than not correct i mean he wasn't a dog he well, wasn't a woman he wasn't a child for you know and and the, he pro- wasn't baby the problem is is that you're you're then worshiping you're idolizing this visage that it's yeah. nothing that we've been called to do. And if in anything, yeah. we have biblical reason to not worship any kind of uh, idol whatsoever. Uh, and, and it was Leonardo um, da Vinci that painted The Last Supper. I was way off then. Yeah. It was one of those Ninja Turtle guys. But anyway, um, you know, yeah. And, and that, that's the problem. I don't have <clears> – <throat> I have an image – I, I actually, I, I have a couple of different images of uh, Jesus in terms of artwork that are in our home. Um, the one that's most specific um, places him with a more Middle Eastern kind of look to him. Right. Uh, right. The other one is actually um, composed of a bunch of words, so you don't really see him, him. 
So, right, right. Anyway, yeah, it's it, it's one of those things that's always kind of bugged me too. But yeah, yeah. To me, it's not. It's. I mean, I'm not going to try to know exactly what he looked like. Uh, even scripture is really unsure. We can make assumptions based on some of the things in scripture what he looked like. Uh, even in regards to certain scriptures that talk about him physically, there's not a whole lot of detail there. Uh, you got a revelation where there's a glorified image of him, but it involves imagery, which is beyond anything we can really think of, like like uh, eyes like flames. Like, does that mean Jesus walked around with flames in his eyes? Like a sword as a tongue? Like he didn't walk around with a sword hanging out of his mouth. And so then there's another one with the transfiguration where it says his face was white and shining. Does it mean his face was white? doesn't really matter. That's not the importance here. These are all glorified images. We're given glorified images of Jesus. Jesus, um, visions of him at his most heightened power in a way. Right. And so his regular day-to-day wasn't exemplified necessarily through Scripture. So I think, and it goes back to, to the second commandment, don't worship any uh, idol or image. Um, I know that's that's not specifically talking about a a picture of Jesus we have in our head, but I do think it's dangerous to it's try to guidance. to in, in envision a person that we're worshiping because if it's not Jesus and we read scripture and it differs from what, I just don't want to stay away from that myself. Yeah, so that's well, my two cents on that. Well, and and here's here's the uh, this is going to lead into my honorable mention. Okay. Um, if you can't find it in scripture, if it's not there, then it probably wasn't really important to begin with. So if we don't have details as to what Jesus looked like, oh, he was born and he was 3.5 pounds and, you know, 11 ounces. I, I don't know, whatever. Right. Then it wasn't important. He had blue eyes and blonde hair and was a strapping young lad. Well, it doesn't say, so it's not important, right? So other things that I feel like <laughs> that are not important because I have it's... no idea. I have no idea <laughs> sure, what sure. you're gonna say here. Sure. Completely oblivious. <laughs> Stuff that is not emphasized in the Bible, so we make assumptions, and that is the celebration one of Christmas slash birthdays. So you know, it wasn't done. It was actually celebrating birthdays was something that was just actually abhorred by the people of the time anyway, um, because it's self-glorifying. And there's no mention in the Bible of them celebrating birthdays. And Jesus's birth is only mentioned in two out of the four Gospels and barely in one of those two Gospels. And the one that has the most information is the one that's specifically dealing with prophecy fulfillment. And so there is nothing biblically supported to say that we need to be celebrating Jesus' birth. So as much as we can say, hey, look, there's nothing biblical to say that Jesus was white um, or any other kind of attribute, there's nothing that says that we should be celebrating his birth either. So... Uh, Someone should write an article about that. Yeah, I think so. There's, there's probably has, has one somebody, somewhere. Some, yeah, it's probably coming though. 
Coming soon to a Solomon Sports Podcast website near you? Yes, probably so. All right. Y'all keep a look out of that. Someone's probably writing an article that has something to do with not celebrating birthdays. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, so that's our round five. If you have any that you'd like to add anything, you know, let us know. What is something that you thought at at one point, but then reading scripture made you think else or changed your viewpoint on it? Uh, I think it is important to be able to recognize those moments where the Bible has changed our minds. Uh, part of the reason why I thought about this was because I was watching an interview between Sean McDowell and a progressive pastor, and they were discussing about homosexuality, what the Bible says about it, whether it's acceptable, whether it's a sin. And the progressive pastor asked Sean McDowell, he said, have you ever had a change of mind on a theological viewpoint based on reading scripture? And he said, yeah, and he named off several things. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking to myself, I wonder if I've done the same. Like, you know, I thought about that when I was watching the interview. Like, what are some things in my life that I've changed my viewpoint on after reading scripture? Because, like, there's no way I have everything right. Well, you know, it's funny that you bring that up because even recently I began to question things that I thought that I knew. And as a result, I said, you know what? And it was actually about homosexuality. And I said, you know what? I'm going to dive back in and I'm going to do the research. I'm going to look up what are the meaning of the original words. I'm going to look at the context. I'm going to look at uh, what was going on in society, what was acceptable, what was not, those sorts of things. Because those are usually the arguments that come up, right? And and so it actually drove me to want to dig back in and to make sure that I really did know what I thought that I knew or did I know what I thought that I knew? Now, of course, I did it as objectively as I possibly could. I worked really hard to be able to make sure that I was as even keel on on my assessment as, as, as I could uh, possibly be. And I think that's something that we should all do and, and even go back through and re-question the things that we think that we truly know to be true to say, is this still accurate? Am, am, am I still? still feel like that I'm standing firm on biblical um, foundations here. Because again, the way that we've read something or the way that it's presented to us at certain times can be slightly askewed. And then we go back and we reread them and go, "Mm, not so much. Or we go back, reread them and go, oh, yep, nope, that's definitely legit. Yeah. Whatever the case is. It's important to do that. And this is not the same as deconstructing your faith. I call it constructing <laughs> accurately constructing your faith because i think yeah. we're always constructing our faith we're always constructing what we th- you know what we know what we've learned there's never a completed structure of faith in our lives or there shouldn't be we should always be learning and growing at a bare minimum reaffirming what we thought we knew based on what we're reading in scripture right um so yeah so anyway anything else to add man is that it that's it, bro. All right. We'll be back with another segment. Stooned. I keep Stoon. doing that. Stooned. Yeah. We'll be back with another segment. Stooned. <laughs> it's all right. Say it, Sean. Say it. Uh, we'll be back soon. Bye-bye. See you later. <laughs>
Hello, pretty baby, my name's, I don't mean to bother you. I just thought you looked like somebody I started talking to. If I had a dollar for every time that I thought of you, I would be the richest man alive from just the thought of you. I like your face, a dose of serotonin, sun-kissed waves, and babe, your skin is golden. Thirteen ways to test some Danny Ocean. You my ten out of ten of all my ten in Roman. What's next? I guess I'll keep all this in check. I'm not scarless, I'll fallin' for less on edge, my darling. Keep callin'. Hello, pretty baby, my name's I don't mean to bother you. I just thought you looked like somebody I started talking to. If I had a dollar for every time that I thought of you, I would be the richest man alive from just the thought of you. I like your face, a dose of serotonin, sun-kissed waves, and babe, your skin is golden. Thirteen ways to test some Danny Ocean. You my ten out of ten, never my ten in Roman. Have a couple kids, some cute ones. Have a couple wins, some losers, some losses. I'm dodging, detoxing all the stuff that I hate. Getting out of our own way. We never been so good, okay. Never jump for the pump face. Hallways a runway. Yeah, you laughing, so nostalgic. You look good, babe. Body outfit, said you love me. Yeah, I'm about it, said you love me. Yeah, I'm about it. Everybody look good too. It's only God that we look to. Keep it going, we push through. Keep it going, we. Uh, I just hugged you tighter, baby. That was my soul memory. Future looking brighter, baby. Ever since you said to me, I like your face. A dose of serotonin, sun-kissed waves, and babe, your skin is golden. Thirteen ways to test some Danny Ocean. You my ten out of ten of all my ten in Roman. Welcome back to Solomon's Porch with your host, Jason. And Sean. And we are back with another uh, interesting topic. I think it is a topic that a lot of people question or think about and uh, in many different ways, I think I'd say. Uh, so I was listening to, well, actually, I'm part of a Facebook group. And in the Facebook group, there's a lot of conversation on uh, just different questions. And a lot of them are very hard theological questions very difficult to answer and so a lot of people to share their opinions and opinions and viewpoints and things like that uh, and a lot of people are really good about putting scripture with them one of the questions though was uh, it was a, a particular person that had a friend of theirs that was asking them about the meaning of life the purpose of life and what in scripture we can find or what theologically we can think of uh, to answer the question, uh, what's the purpose of life or what's the meaning of life? And so Sean and I had discussed it. We're, we're starting to discuss it briefly uh, during a game of disc golf we were doing. And Sean, you want to kind of share what what you were thinking of and asked you that question? Because you came up with an interesting <clears throat> breakdown. Comeback breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think the 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 problem is is that uh, the two phrases really mean two different things when people have a tendency to use them interchangeably right so uh, you know what does something mean versus what is its purpose and so 
your the meaning of life, what you're really asking is usually the purpose. Um, so I'm I've always been a stickler for this, and and my wife and daughter are like, uh, um, <laughs> that you should always say what you mean and mean what you say. Now, sometimes you don't know exactly how to ask what you're wanting to ask. Right. So it comes out in, in some format, but it's not what you're really trying to get after. And so sometimes we have to pull at that a little bit to be able to break it down and find out, Oh, so what you're really wanting is this. So, um, and, and, and this is, you know, purely me, um, you know this is a pure you or purely you purely me okay yes that that's my new business is purely me uh it's for large white men so over 40 um i don't i don't know anyway sorry bad joke the um the meaning of life should be as simple as to glorify god so why did God create life? Why did he create any of our lives? It, it, it's, it's the broad spectrum question. It's not the specific. It's not, it, it's not the, the minutiae question. It's the broad spectrum. Why did God even create us? It was for his glory. It, his children to worship him. You know, however egotistical you might think that that may be, that's the bottom line. It's for us to be able to bring him glory. That's the meaning of life. Now, purpose is a bit different story. Now, the purpose that one person has versus the purpose that another person has is definitely something that we couldn't even really fully begin to address here um, because everybody's life is, is genuine and uniquely different. But so your purpose in life um, the point of you living, the point of you being here may be to, to work at the local convenience store, but show the love of Christ to everyone. Still, the love of Christ is that glory to God, so it still comes back to the meaning of life, which hopefully then also translates into uh, people coming to accepting Christ, and then being able to pull more into the, the fold of sheep, if, if you will. So that being all interconnected. So going from a broad spectrum to a very um, uh, specific definition. So meaning, broad, purpose is, is, is more of a fine point. So what is your purpose? Uh, well, I don't know. I've been asking myself that for quite some time, <laughs> but um, I and I don't know that that's like a, a one answer kind of thing. Anyway, I think that we all have a you know layers to you know our purposes. Um, so it's to be a father, it's to be a mother, it's to be a wife, it's to be a sister, a brother, wh whatever the case may be. Um, ugh, I'm gonna say a friend to somebody. Not, not that I would encourage that in this room at all. So, but you you might find purpose in doing that to I, play I disc golf. I, okay, yeah, to play, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so, we we've talked about. I, I think we've talked about purpose on it. We've talked about everything on the show. I think. Yeah, we've uh, talked about purpose before. Primarily, I think you know a lot of things is when you do want a show like this for years and years and years. Uh, your viewpoints may 
tweak a little bit so you readdress a point, just like in a Sunday sermon. Like, there's only so many things that pastor can really talk about as far as right. topics goes. Sure. There's only so many, right? Yeah. There's different ways of presenting it for the most part. Is it? It's tithing, sinning, and oh, that's really it, isn't it? Sex? No, that's still sinning. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, singing? He he doesn't he doesn't talk about okay it. okay yeah. it happens in church but he doesn't talk about it true point true point yeah. so one of the things is you know everybody I believe everybody has you know something that God might have gifted you with right so one of the things that you know I I've heard I hear is there's a difference in like a job and a calling. So your calling might be to, to be a, and I'm going to say this specifically for me, because I can think of my examples better than I could, maybe other people's examples, but uh, to be a teacher of some sort, like even as a, even as a kid, I would have people ask me questions, whether it's in, you know, like, like I was getting algebra. So people would always come to me with algebra help. And I did a really good job at helping them understand the algebra, whereas the teacher you know, showed it in a way that maybe didn't click with them as easily. Sure. Uh, even as a kid, I had older, I always had older friends. Even in my life now, my friends, I've never really had friends younger than me. You have so, <laughs> never really had friends younger than me, but they would always ask questions about the Bible, about God. And as a kid, I had no idea, mm. like at all, because I wasn't studied. I wasn't churched. I wasn't familiar with biblical teaching necessarily at, you know, nine, 10 years old. And, uh, but I always had questions and I would always give the best answer I could think of at that time. I'm a little more careful with my answers now. I don't give as flippant of answers. Uh, but you know, just in general, I just, I enjoy teaching and I'm going to teach whether I get paid for it or not. And so I know the calling on my life is to teach what setting that looks like, I really don't know, like as far as long term. Well, so would teaching slash uh, your calling be your purpose? Um, because it's not the meaning. Well, the purpose. Right? I'd say purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my purpose is to teach. Okay. Okay. In a more eternal sense, teaching the Bible. Right. Uh, other than that, I still teach like, you know... If people ask about diabetes, I enjoy explaining it to them. I enjoy doing it's that. Lots of fun. You get to spend a whole lot of money on insulin, and you get to shove needles into your body regularly. Yeah. I enjoy sharing information <sighs> in general, and uh, and it's not that you know I never Sorry, feel I like some. I could be wrong. I don't think I do it in a sense to make me feel smart because I don't, I don't feel smarter after I teach someone something. I feel smarter whenever I learn more stuff. Sure. But I don't feel smarter by teaching it. Right. But that's just, that's kind of my life's purpose is to teach in general. Um, my my idea thing in life, like if I had to create a job for me, I would want to teach theology in a collegiate setting. Well, and could you say that then um, purpose can even change then as opposed to meaning? I think our calling can have variant um, can 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 be lived out in different ways. Okay. So if if God gives you the gift of teaching, you might teach in different settings. Sure. So I don't know if you'll ever go from my 
my God-given gift or calling is going to go from one thing to another. Now, he might, I mean, it, it could. It, it could. I'm not saying God couldn't change it in your life. Mm-hmm. But because uh, I know like, you know, pastor, like pastoring. You know, I know people who retire as pastors, but they still pastor. They still shepherd people. They still mentor sure. people. They still share with people and help them live their life and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I really think even though they might have retired from that official vocational calling, sure. they still have it in their life because they still love people. They still care. They still have that gift of making people feel better after they're done with engaging with them. Yeah. Definitely not my gift. Well, no. no but <laughs> well, you don't I, know that. You don't know how people feel after they engage with you. Yeah. yeah they can feel mean, great. You have no idea. No, they, they always feel worse. The uh, But, you know, I can see even teaching in my own life um, and in one form or another. Uh, I've always gravitated toward that as well. Um, and it may not have been that I was necessarily teaching a, a biblical truth, Um but in whatever job format that it was, I used to train one hour photo labs. It was still teaching and I, I loved it. I enjoyed it. Um, and I did take the opportunities during those times to be able to share the gospel as well. But this anyway. film is like Jesus in these ways. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, you know, um, but but then that vocation stopped, but the teaching didn't stop because then I uh, got involved in student ministry and then I uh, became involved in death ministry. And through those opportunities, I also did a lot of teaching as well uh, or instruction, maybe, or training. And uh, so it's still sort of the same kind of thing. And then I focused on my daughter's education. And so the vocation changed frequently throughout my life, but the underlying theme there was still the same thing. So that's been the call or purpose of, of my life. Um but the the meaning of it always comes back to bringing glory to God. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, the, the meaning of life, to bring God glory. There's so many ways to do that. Right. Like, there's not one way. And so a lot of people, you know, and I, I, I talked about this in my sermon this past week. I think I mentioned it on the show. Like in my, I can't say this exegetically in scripture, but I feel like when we fulfill our purpose— for God, that is worshiping God. I think we have limited worship to singing. Mm, and I think that is sure. one act of expression of worship, but that's just one of many. So when I give my daughter a hug, tell her I love her, I'm worshiping God in that moment because I'm, I'm, I'm showing his love. I'm radiating his love and I'm, I'm, I'm glorifying him in that moment by loving my daughter as a father should. Sure. Uh, so everything that we do, if we do it in a way that honors God, then we are meeting that meaning of life in a way. Uh, I don't know if you can meet a meaning, but our purpose, you're living out the meaning, leaving out the meaning. There you go. That's much better. And so, you know, whether you are a, um, whether you're a tradesman, whether you're an electrician, tradesperson, tradesperson, not tradesman, Mm-mm. not anymore. Okay. It's tradesperson. Okay. Whether you're a tradesperson or you're a, uh, a male father or a female mother, um, <laughs> uh, whether you're a music artist, whether you are a, a code writer, no matter what you do, I think that we can always live out that meaning um, in one, showing love to one another, uh, and in doing that, you're loving God because you're loving 
his image bearer. Every time you love a person, you are loving God and that you are honoring an image bearer, someone that is created in his image. And so that meaning the meaning of life and then our individual purposes, obviously they all vary from person to person. But I feel like no matter what you can do, you can live out that meaning. Sure. And so, uh, you know, if you're a, a producer of music, you know, and there's a lot of discussion about, you know, whether you can do X, Y, Z to honor God. But I feel like if you use your creativity that God's given you, whether you're painting a picture of a flower or painting a picture of a cross, you can still honor God in that way. Uh, well, talking about being the producer of music, uh, you can still honor God even if you're producing other people's music that isn't Christian. Mm. There's a conversation. Yeah. I know I know a lot of Christians that would agree you can produce music for people who are not believers. Uh, then I know a lot of people that say you can't. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I digress. We digress. Um, so yeah, uh, meaning alive to honor God, to worship God in what we do, and then the purpose being the means in which we do it. Would you say that's correct? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, was the purpose alive to get to heaven? No. No? It's not the purpose of life? No. What's the what's what's heaven? How does heaven fit in this? What do you mean? Oh, we all just trying to get back to Eden? It, it, it it's still the meaning of life. Heaven is the meaning of life? If it's all to bring glory to God. So it brings glory to God as we bring others into the fold as we are there with him. Okay. Okay. Just wonder, man. Just yeah. wonder. So do you believe heaven is a a, a place a place aside? on earth? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Do you do you or the new earth song? or the new earth? New earth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you know the song? I don't. Belinda Carlisle. I don't. Heaven is a place. Okay. Anyway, sorry. <clears throat> All right. Well, that's it. Yeah, we digress. Yeah. Yeah. Yet, that's it. Yet. Um, probably not a whole lot of comments or, or information y'all can. I mean, if you can if you think of something else to add to it, that'd be great. If you have any different understandings of the meaning of life. Um, it, the problem is, is if you're an atheist, you have no meaning of life. It's just... Uh, <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, if you look up the definition of purpose and you look up the definition of meaning, you're going to see that they feel very interchangeable anyway. Uh, hence the reason why people do use them interchangeably. Uh, to me, it's just, it's still that matter of let's be more intentional about what we're asking and using words that are maybe more appropriate to getting the answers that we're actually looking for. So so do you want to share real quick what you discovered right before the show from Google? Oh. I just thought it was a very interesting point. So we were, we were prepping for the show, and as always, we're prepping up to last minute. Uh, it never has anything to do with, with um, procrastination of show prep. Yeah, so the, this is uh, this is a little bit of a side note. So I did uh, Google define meaning, and so it pulls up their uh, their dictionary, and so it gives both the noun uh, the noun definition and sample or um, example, and then adjective definition and example. In the adjective, we get intended to communicate something that is not directly. Oh, what? Sorry. Not meaning purpose. Purpose. There you go. Yeah. Sean was looking at purpose, the definition of it. Woo, boy. Tell you what, sometimes. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Verb. Verb. Yeah. I should. It, that should have been the first clue. It wasn't an adjective. 
<laughs> Some days are better than others, y'all. Uh, sorry, so the noun versus the verb. The verb says, uh, have as one's intention or objective. So this is the d- definition of purpose um, <clears throat> as a verb. Have as one's intention or objective. The sample that it gave was, or the example that it gave was, God has allowed suffering, even purposed it. And, um, you know, first and foremost, um, whenever it comes to uh, a resource and we're talking about something that's open to anyone and everyone, I always, always, always discourage having any kind of theological uh, connotation in there whatsoever, because first off, in the church, we're not going to even agree. So that that's the first reason. The second is that you are now placing a theological perspective out there as being potentially an accurate depiction of someone's beliefs. Um, and this simply does not. So, yeah. Um, just leave it out. Give us a different, a different example of, uh, the verb. So, so how do we tell Google we don't like that? Well, there's actually a little feedback option down here in the bottom right corner. So feel free to click on that. So if you will go to Google and type in define purpose and the dictionary comes up and you read over the definition there, you'll see just below verb um, and then the similar words, definitions from Oxford languages. Off to the right of that is feedback. When you click on the feedback, it says, what do you think? You can go down and click on other issue, and then in comments, type um, how you feel about that. Let's see if I can bring that up. All right, so I have it up on my screen here. So everybody on YouTube, pay attention. Pay attention. Watch this. Primarily because we need to all go up here and do this. So type in <laughs> definition of purpose up here at the top. Definition of purpose. I definitely didn't mean for this to be like a uh, jump on the bandwagon. Thing. Says here, God has allowed suffering, even purposed it. Now, my Calvinist friends are not going to dispute that. It, it, and, and, and frankly, it doesn't matter whether you believe it's true or not. Correct. So the reason we're doing this is because Google is not qualified to give theological points. Exactly. So down here right below it, to up to the right, feedback. And you got, this is helpful. The definition is missing. The definition is complete. complete. Uh, so it'd be other issue. And what are we typing, Sean? Give me a good thing to type. Um, your example should not include theological All right. content. Your example should not include theological content. Theological content. Send. Yeah. Boom. Pretty simple. Thanks for your feedback. Voila. And however you want to word it, it doesn't really matter, but something to that effect. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't get hung up on the whole, you know, um, Christians don't believe this or, or I don't believe this sort of thing. Be be a little more objective and and bringing a more generalized perspective to say that really, honestly, you don't need to be using this kind of example anyway. It just doesn't matter. Use something yeah. else that's far more broad spectrum. So... Yeah, like if you type in the definition of white, it should not say Jesus's image. <laughs> well, it definitely should not say that. <laughs> definitely should All not right, say man. That. Well, hopefully we were... Look, at the bare minimum, if we didn't help anybody's understanding of anything, we helped to tell Google to take that example down. 
Yeah, we, we ought to check that out by the next show, see if it's changed. Yeah, we ought to. Y'all yeah. remind us, anybody, check it out. And look, if you're watching this now, live, podcast, YouTube, look, please go up there and do the same thing. We're not trying to create a revolution. We're just trying to hold Google accountable. We're not trying to make people, uh, for them not feeding them theological stuff that they might not have the authority on. So, uh, yeah, um, thank you so much for our sponsors for the show, our Patreon supporters, Sam Blackwell, Jason Motley, Purely Bachelorette. Go check out purelybachelorette.com. Um, so essentially, Purely Bachelorette is a site that gives you the whole party package. For, for bachelor, how do you spell Bachelorette? Bachelorette. I think I spelled it wrong. There we go. I don't know. I'd have to. Purelybachelorette.com. Yeah, I did Google it. Oh. But I'm not asking them what's the meaning of Purely Bachelorette. That's good because it would probably be wrong probably would be wrong uh anyway go check them out um they have party boxes that are uh honoring to a bride who doesn't want to be fluttered with uh images of men genitalia or other inappropriate inappropriateness that a word inappropriateness i don't think so well i made it up so yeah check them out <laughs> uh we're ending got the show this week with circle the drain uh, i'm gonna tell you this this is Interesting thing about this is I got a, a, a person that used to be a co-worker. And anytime someone was close to death, he would always say, yep, they're circling the drain. Is that what this is in regards to? <laughs> I, I would encourage you to listen to the track and look up the lyrics yourself. Read it for yourself. Okay. Make your own decisions. <laughs> so uh, by Wage War which we mentioned in our music news. So yeah, we'll be back next time. Thank you so much for checking out the show. Tune in. If you're listening to us on podcast, um, you're probably already subscribed to the show, but if not, go ahead and subscribe, leave a review and uh, a comment, all that good stuff. If you're on YouTube, like, and subscribe, share the video or share one of our other videos. That might be good, whatever you prefer. And we'll be back next time. Always remember Jesus loves you way more than we ever could. Peace. I had a dream where we were side by side. Would you believe in a world where we weren't blind? I saw us free. See, it was all just in my mind. I finally looked inside myself and found my dead to pain. And if you took the chance, I think you'd probably feel the same. If we really want to change, we gotta learn from our mistakes. Can we start over? Start over. With the past, we can't.
Start over, start over